You notice now that we have shifted well into ordinary time with the green outfits, but we make other changes as well. Uh, the Christmas season is put behind us now, and we are in what we call ordinary time. And this year, the Sundays of ordinary time will bring us the Gospel of Matthew. So we have already heard the infancy narratives during the Christmas season from the Gospel of Matthew. Now we're going back to the beginning of his public ministry, and we will follow that systematically on all the Sundays of ordinary time. So here we are at the beginning, and Jesus has moved from Nazareth to a new hometown, Capernaum, out by the sea. And as we heard in the gospel and also in the first reading, that this was to fulfill that prophecy which we heard in the first reading from Isaiah, land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, uh, the, your darkness is being raised, the people who walk in darkness now see a great light. Well, that was uh, Matthew's interpretation of Jesus changing uh, his hometown from Nazareth. Uh, he thought be, by going out there to Naphtali, that would uh, resonate with the people because they would have remembered that verse from Isaiah. Uh, not probably so much for us, but uh, apparently they knew what it was about. This is one of those indicators that Matthew's gospel was probably written for people who had been Jewish and they knew all those texts from the Old Testament. So when he said that in the gospel, that meant something to us. When we hear it read, it doesn't mean a thing. That's why they have homilies to explain all that for us. So that's what's going on here. Uh, Incidentally, this is his Galilean ministry. Now that's important because Galilee, uh, when you say or read Galilee, it would be good if you could put, change the wording just a little and say, God forsaken Galilee, because that's about what it meant. Galilee up in the northern regions is far away from the centers of religious power, like in Jerusalem, and civil power. And the people of Galilee would be, it would be kind of like maybe Eastern Kentucky. Uh, not prosperous at all, no, no prestige, far removed from the centers of prestige and power. So these are real people no pretenses among the Galileans. So if you understand that part of the geography, it's very helpful for us to understand what this business is that he's going about up there in Galilee. Well, for one thing, he's choosing his inner circle of apostles from Galilee. Jesus. Why don't you go down to Jerusalem? We got a lot of smart people down there. He's picking them from Galilee. So we got two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John, all of them fishermen. 
no lawyers, uh, no politicians, uh, no business executives. These are real people, fishermen, sitting there mending their nets and throwing their nets in the sea. And poor old man Zebedee, uh, the father of James and John, he's there with them. They're in their boats. Uh, they're in his boat and picking their nets together and everything. And here comes Jesus says, come follow me, looking at those two characters, and I will make you fishers of men. And how would you feel if you were Mr. Zebedee and your two sons who are, you're running the business, they're helping you out. They're up and gone. So there's something about the call of Jesus to start with. It's immediate. They didn't ask him, you know, well, how much is in this for us? Uh, what's the benefits package? What's your retirement program look like? Uh, they got up and followed him. So there's something there about how a call from the Lord can appropriately be answered. It happened to all four, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Now, to get back to another theme that's going to come up through the Gospel of Matthew. And I think this is very important because it comes up so, so often. And I, like many of you, went through Catholic grade school for eight years or Catholic uh, religious education, and I don't ever remember one lesson on what is called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And he's already mentioned it two times. So, it says, when he went to Galilee, he went around preaching. Uh, don't forget your catechism. Uh, remember the holy days and the Ten Commandments. Don't forget your fruitful harvest. And no, nothing like that. What did he say? He said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, period. Well, what kind of teaching is that? What are we supposed to get out of that? And then at the end of the story, again, it said, and he went all over Galilee. And what did he say? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's off to the next place. And he went to all all over Galilee, and that was the message. And then when he gets around to sending the apostles out, what does he tell them, or the disciples? Go and tell the people, the kingdom of God is near at hand. Is that it? Yeah, that's your message. Can you see what's happening here? And then when he starts teaching them, and he teaches them over and over again in parables, usually saying, not some moral teaching, but usually saying, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. Why is he saying this? Because it's important. So he's not getting down to the micromanagement 
of the gospel, do this, don't do that. Uh, he's giving us the big picture. And this, I think, is so important. And it's so underplayed catechetically and homiletically as well. What's this all about? When he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that's new. What do we think of the kingdom of heaven? Well, the afterlife or um, something far distant that we're looking for or maybe doomsday. All of these are not very good responses because none of those are reachable and touchable. What is unique about his teaching, it's all through this gospel this year of Matthew, what is unique? That the kingdom of God is near at hand. So he wants the disciples, when they go into some place and they encounter people, Here's what they're supposed to do. you realize how close at hand God's work in your life is? The kingdom of heaven is near. Don't be acting like it's something far away or far in the future. You can uncover it every day and find moments, incidents, sayings, uh, all kinds of events that if you look long enough, you're going to find God's hand in there. So don't be waiting for afterlife, pie in the sky, or something way far away distant. I want you to be attentive to God's work daily in your own life. And then he would move on. And they probably were thinking, never heard that before, never thought of it that way before. And if I'm going to start thinking like that, I'm going to have to make some changes. That's why he put that other word in there before that. He said, repent, which means turn things all the way around 180 degrees. So when he says repent, that doesn't mean, no, it means Start making big changes. Be ready to change. Be ready to find God's hand stretched out in our lives every day. So a part of uh, morning reflections is what am I doing today? And where do I think God's, God's really reaching out to me today? all the time keeping an opening that God might have other plans. But my part is be ready to receive the presence and the working of God. When I see uh, children at play, these are not just two more uh, little anarchists running around. I can see here, in children at play, a presence of God. Now, if I don't have my kingdom antenna up, I'm going to see a series of random events 
crossing my path today, which will change me not in the least, and I will not be attentive to what he was saying. The kingdom is present. You need to be looking for it. And if you're not, you're going to see a, a random group of events crossing your path on another day with no, uh, no inclination to find this is God speaking. This is the kingdom breaking in, not after I die, not far distant away, but here. So when he says, the king, your job is to go out and tell them the kingdom is near, he means that. And he didn't give them a whole bunch of uh, rules and uh, lists of things, the whole list of the holy days. Uh-uh. He said, just try to wake up and see God's kingdom present. Uh, somebody is uh, working, uh, helping to feed the poor, maybe over here or over there. And I noticed that. Wow, uh, that's not just somebody uh, racking up some points. That looks like the kingdom of God breaking forth in different ways. In our prayer, God's nearness is with us. So when we start thinking that way, we also start making different kinds of decisions. So he wasn't just making it easy for them. Just remember these three or four words. He was trying to help them understand when you do this, this makes a great change in the way I operate. Things that I choose, and now things that I don't choose. I don't see God's work present in this whatsoever, and maybe it isn't. I see God's work here. I see God's hand reaching out to me or through others reaching out to them. That makes a difference in the way we live, the way we think, even the way we choose our options, choose our friends, where we go, where we don't go. So when we see, if we take him at his word, that God wants us to be aware of his presence in our daily lives, that's, that's big. So here at the very beginning of the gospel, it always seems to me these little words get lost uh, because they're sometimes overshadowed by miracles and healings and all this stuff. Well, that's, that's good. But he, he starts out by saying, be aware of the kingdom. Now, so much of the gospel this year will be the parables that occur. Uh, and many times they're used to moralize on. But that's not what they're about. He'll start out, he'll say, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Very small, right? Well, what's he mean? And that's it. It'll grow to be the biggest plant around. What's that all about? Well, if we understand, he started out saying the kingdom is like this. 
So start looking for the kingdom events in the t tiny mustard seeds of our day. The kingdom of God is like a little bit of leaven uh, that the baker is throwing into the bread. Pretty insignificant, but the whole bread rises. Do you get it? It's not a lesson on bread baking. It's a lesson on discovering the kingdom, very small events, and if we understand what he said, we're going to say, um, God's working in my life, in my life in some very small ways, but they're very important. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I think you probably get the point. But all through this year, when we listen to Matthew's gospel, how often is he going to talk about the kingdom of God? I make an issue of this because in catechetics, in homiletics, in catechism, I find it very important and very much, very much overlooked. So uh, give it a little bit of thought and what, why did he only use one line? Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Because that's what he meant, and it changes our lives. Let's profess our faith.